Five years ago, on February 14th, 2016, Kanye West dropped The Life of Pablo. Welcome to the Bar for Bar podcast, and this week we're going to discuss The Life of Pablo, how it holds up, and a little bit of the history behind it. So first things first, The Life of Pablo was originally, I guess teased, you could say, with Yeezy Season 3. This was a pretty major event, I believe it was at Madison Square Garden, in again 2016 but this was on february 11th 2016 and it was you know easy season is it's his fashion show so every year well every few years really whenever there's a a significant amount of i guess clothing (laughs) and shoes to release he'll put on a show and this is also where you know that that one wallpaper that everyone used for their iphones for like four years where it's just Kanye holding his hands up and they're like, oh, he's he's holding up my notifications. Isn't that cool? That's, that's where that came from. <laughs> so that iconic wallpaper that everyone used <laughs> is all part of the life of Pablo. Now, like I said, it was originally teased, you could say, at Yeezy Season 3. A lot of people were expecting it to be released right around that time anyways, so it's not like it was unexpected. Also, apologies if you hear dogs barking. They're they're upset with someone. Anyways, it started with Easy Season Three, and yeah, like I said, at like leading up to the event, people were expecting some sort of music release, and they were expecting whatever the Life of Pablo ended up being. Now, the reason they believed this was because for a few months, or like basically leading up to this point. Kanye had done a few singles, the first one being All Day, then Only One, and then Four or Five Seconds with uh, Paul McCartney and Rihanna. So everyone's like, oh, okay, that's cool. So so these are going to be on the new album, right, Kanye? To which Kanye, I don't think he really said anything, but I think he may have been like, oh yeah, maybe, we'll see. But in the end, these didn't make the album. They were just Lucy's that he put out. So cool, whatever. Now, also leading up to this album, because this was, I think, three years or so after the release of Yeezus. Yeah, Yeezus dropped in 2013, so this came out three years later. And in the meantime, Kanye did as Kanye does, where he just kind of talks about the project and throws out a few potential album titles. So originally it was So Help Me God, and then it eventually shifted to Swish, and then Waves, and then eventually it became The Life of Pablo. Having it become The Life of Pablo made a little bit more sense because he was talking about Pablo Picasso, and this album was really, I guess you could say artistic, like that's, that's one way to put it, because it was definitely different from what he had done in the past, but not too different. It was kind of a blend of all of his previous works, all into one the life of Pablo. <laughs> so that's cool. Now, with this album, like I said, it was originally released or teased actually on February 11th, 2016. Three days later, um, Kanye performed, I think, Ultralight Beam on SNL and then released the album via title. And it was meant to be a title exclusive. At this time, 
no one cared about title. Title was doing poorly. I mean, more so than they are currently. But, you know, they they were struggling. So a lot of people were like, hey, that's kind of weird. Why are you doing this on title? And this was also when Kanye and Jay were still pretty close. Like, they were better friends then. So it was... It was assumed that this was a ploy to get people to sign up for title, which it was to some extent, because Kanye at that time was, well, even now, it was the type of person that if he says go do something, a lot of people are going to go and do it. Like, he has that fan base where people will pretty much do whatever because it's Kanye saying to do it. That's why we got people who voted for him, but that's a whole nother discussion. Anyways... Yeah, this was meant to be a title exclusive. And, you know, that's fine. You can have exclusives, whatever. But I think the way that it was explained and marketed was that this was going to be a permanent exclusive. So a bunch of people signed up for title, stayed with title for a minute. And then a few months later in April, April 1st, actually, The Life of Pablo was released on every streaming platform clearly upsetting those who signed up for title just to listen to this album so that's it is what it is i've also been upset about ex- exclusives but that's more of a my issue with chance than, than exclusives anyways when this album was being revealed at the easy season three i was in class and i was on my computer trying to see what was happening because you know this was a whole event people who were in like super into hip-hop and super into yeezy and kanye as a person they were all watching and myself included i was very like yo what the what's going on i I, are we gonna get new kanye like what's happening because you know like i wasn't a big fan of yeezus at the time although now i am because I listen to Death Grips and Clipping, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is just a light version of all those. But, you know, like, I was excited. Because Kanye is one of those people, like, when he releases, you, people tend to listen. People are gonna see what it's about. So, when it was originally revealed, it obviously got leaked. And I went straight for the leaks. And boy, those leaks were good. And then... Then Kanye did something that most people really don't do even now. But, you know, it still sometimes happens. Kanye really edited the album. He he released updates for the album. Almost as if it was a video game. There were patches and everything for it. It was kind of weird. Because, like I said, that wasn't a thing that anyone had done up until that point. But to Kanye, the constant alterations for this album was part of the album itself because the album was a living breathing changing creative expression in his own words so that's what we got that's why it kept changing that's why there were modifications to songs like famous and uh, ultralight beam and like there were songs added like saint pablo and like they modified wolves they cut out part of like they separated wolves and frank's um frank's song or whatever it was called now I need to figure it out. But like, or Frank's track, yeah. 
like I think originally they were part like there was just one song and then you know obviously just changed up the track list a tiny bit real fl- real friends sounded a little bit different at least th- these are just the things I'm remembering I don't know exactly how correct I am because it's been a while since I listened to the original version but that was so weird and so you know new to music like now we see artists do that fairly regularly I mean, not necessarily to the point where it's a full change for the album but sometimes they'll change up the beat a little bit they'll go in and clean it up or they'll add tracks later on and not label it as bonus but then later on they'll be like oh no this is the deluxe edition so Kanye kind of opened the door for that now as as an album I think originally what Kanye said was this was or like talking about that album, not necessarily originally that this was like a gospel album but with cursing so given that information you kind of see why he did what he's doing currently like this is just kind of the first step you could say everything after this like with yay kids see ghost uh jesus the king those are all just kind of evolutions or just they were affected by how the life of pablo went and the recording process and everything like that now with the life of pablo in itself other than it being a quote-unquote gospel album it took a lot of what Kanye did in the past. So, obviously, 808s and Heartbreaks is a huge album and it had a lot of impact on damn near everyone we listen to now. Like, I was talking about it the other day where without Kids See Ghost, or sorry, without 808s and Heartbreak, that's a completely different album. Uh, without 808s and Heartbreak, we wouldn't have artists like Travis Scott, we wouldn't have uh, Drake, we wouldn't have like. A lot of the newer popular artists because up until that point we really just left like the auto-tune and emotion you could say to the r&b singers so having a rapper come out and be like hey i'm sad like these are my feelings and have it be like achieve mainstream success was completely unheard of so Obviously, he'll bring that into the life of Pablo, and he did. So there were a lot of auto-tune bits in it. He also brought in a lot of Yeezus with all the the loudness and the different sounds. So, and then obviously he had some of the soul sampling that he's always been doing. Just, it wasn't on display as much, you could say. With the rest of the album, it's very interesting. So, like I mentioned... It was meant to be, or at least Kanye said, that it was a gospel album. And that's very clear with the first track, Ultralight Beam. Ultralight Beam is just, it's literally a gospel album, or a gospel song. And I forget, it's like, it features a choir. I forgot exactly the um, the choir's name now. Where is it? He'll uh, come back to me. But anyways... It literally featured a choir on on the song. So, yeah. And then it obviously had Chance the Rapper, who is basically a Christian rapper. I mean, you can 
say whatever you want, but that's kind of what he is. He, yeah. So you start off an album like that. Clearly, you're going to have some interesting thoughts on it. (laughs) Then we get into Father Stretch My Hands, part one and part two. With those songs, Kanye just goes in a completely different direction. And with part two specifically, that's our introduction to designer. And because part two was essentially just Panda, but the chorus for Panda rather than the entire song. Later on, obviously, designer got signed to good music and released Panda and a few other songs. Uh, and then eventually got dropped because Kanye didn't know what to do with them. But again, another story. <laughs> that's for another day. We're not going to talk about designer today. This, yeah. But yeah, the with part two, we got designer, Panda, dope. I feel like he was underutilized, but it is what it is. It's almost like he just used him for this album and then was like, okay, I don't want to play with you anymore. Bye. <laughs> so after that, we had Famous. Now this song got so much hate, but it also made a lot of sense at the time so if you aren't aware a few years prior at i believe it was the vmas in i think it was like 2010 or before anyways there was a an award like best album and it was between beyonce and taylor swift beyonce didn't win that award taylor swift did And what Kanye did was, nah, he went up on stage and disagreed, basically claiming that Beyonce had the album of the year. Sweet. Awesome. Now, because of that, he felt, yo, Taylor Swift is only famous because of me. The chorus literally goes, I made that bitch famous. Now, what's funny with that is, I don't remember if it was that same year or a few years later, but Taylor Swift hit him back and he, and she was like, yo, that's not cool. To which Kanye's like, yo, you gave me permission and we collaborated on this. What the fuck? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you being so mean? Like you literally said, yeah, that's cool. Like that'd be dope. I I think that's actually what she said. Hey, Kanye was like, yeah, so I was thinking, I have the song called Famous, and I'm going to reference you. And on the chorus, I'm going to say, I made that bitch famous. And she's like, yeah, that'd be dope. Something like that. Like, she was she was aware of it beforehand, and, you know, she was like, yeah, no. She was, she was for it. A few years later, or whenever it happened, she was like, hey, no, not nice. To which Kim Kardashian went on Snapchat and posted all these recorded phone calls, which then got into a whole nother thing. Eventually, I think they both ended up dropping it because it was just like, okay, now we're just... Nothing good is going to come of this anymore. So they just dropped it. Cool. The rest of the album. Now, listening back to it a few years later, because it has been a little while since I listened to it, maybe a few months this album flowed really well up until 
Frank's truck. Now, I don't remember if the album actually ended right around there. I feel like it did. And I know there there was for sure another final track. There was, like, St. Pablo was not the original final track. Like, it ended with something else entirely. But regardless, the album all the way up until Frank's track flowed really well. Everything made sense in terms of placement and in terms of sequencing. And if Frank's track was, or Wolves slash Frank's track was the final track, awesome. Great end to the album. And now this is what I'm like confused about because in my mind, Wolves and Frank's track were the last two tracks. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like that's that's what I remember the original track listing ending with. Anyways, those would have wrapped up the album perfectly. Like they, you know, everything flowed well. After Frank's track, though, we get the Silver Surfer interlude, intermission, which brought everyone to the idea like, oh, Kanye's this wavy dude and started making all these memes with a wave emoji cool it's fine <laughs> do that and then we have 30 hours no more parties in la facts and fade and san pablo technically now ignoring the possibility that wolves and frank's track were the original last few tracks the album still would flow okay because real friends to silver surfer intermission like that breaks up like the silver surfer intermission breaks up the album really well because 30 Hours, No More Parties in LA, Facts, and Fade all have a very similar sound to them, which is fine. It it works well. And I wouldn't have minded it flowing that way. Now, 30 Hours, I know a lot of people, a lot of people were upset because it features Andre 3000. But he only just... he, he. you know the schoolboy Q song with Travis Scott, Chopsticks, and Travis Scott is only on the song to say Chopsticks? That's kind of what Andre 3000 was there for. He was there to say 30 hours. 30 hours. Like that. That's, that's all he said. So a lot of people were upset because he was tagged as a featured artist. I feel like if he wasn't tagged as a featured artist and he was just kind of used there for the vocals, kind of like Vic Mensa on the album, sure. People would have been fine. Now, this then goes into No More Parties in LA, which features Kendrick Lamar, and a lot of people were also excited for that song. And it's a good song, and it's produced by Madlib. And you know what happened? Freddie Gibbs used that song. He put out a freestyle, Cocaine Parties in LA, and it's so good. And speaking of Madlib, a lot of the tracks that, or well, so... Madlib had given Kanye a lot of songs for or beats and instrumentals for this album. He only chose No More Parties in LA. The rest, the rest that Kanye didn't use, ended up being on Pinata, the first Freddie Gibbs and Madlib album. Like the majority of those were originally meant for Kanye. So that's awesome. Without Kanye saying no to those beats, we wouldn't have Pinata and we wouldn't have Bandana and Montana whenever that releases. So, awesome. Also, Bandana. Um, anyways, 
that then goes into facts the charlie heat version fine i didn't really care for that song and fade i also didn't really care for that song saint pablo was a really good song though and this was one of those songs that was added later on because yeah i remember for the longest time this album only had 19 songs i don't remember exactly when saint pablo got added but it did and it's great because it's a song kind of dedicated to his son um now i'm looking at it yeah it was added in june of 2016 so a whole three yeah exactly three months sorry four months i can do math exactly four months after the original release of the life of pablo and was that two two and a half months after the release of it like commercially like everywhere um yeah and i think originally it was like just on there like on its own or something yeah it's weird this whole album has a lot of like little little things that they just modified and it's cool it's it's crazy enough that damn near every song on this track list has a fucking wikipedia page for it like, I didn't know that until I looked up the track list on Wikipedia. Like, that's insane. Anyways, the rest of the album does, like, going back, it does flow really well. And I feel like a lot of it holds up pretty well also. It's definitely one of the better Kanye releases in this new Kanye era. Like, we have his first few albums with where... They're all very soul-influenced, like College Dropout and uh, Late Registration. Even Graduation, kind of, like that was kind of a shifting point. So you could even say like, yo, half of Graduation, then 808s and Heartbreaks, Jesus, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. All those can also be categorized into their own Kanye era. And The Life of Pablo was kind of the, the capstone to it, like... It brought in everything that he did and did well up until that point. After this, obviously, he's gone a completely different direction. He's found Jesus and he's been more open about his own mental health and the issues going on with himself. So we've seen a shift in Kanye as a person as well. That's not to say this album's like to be ignored at all like this is probably one of the more important Kanye albums in recent memory because of all of the changes that he's been doing because of all the like tie-ins to previous albums like he like like I've already mentioned he's influenced by his previous works but even going now like with the life of Pablo like there was no set release date for it obviously and then it was it just kept getting modified. This is something that carried on through what was it? This good music's surgical summer. So when Pusha T, Tiana Taylor, Yay, um, and Kidsy Ghost came out, like all those albums were affected by Kanye's mindset at that time. Like his release schedule was just like I'll release it when I want to. So that's why the only album that was actually scheduled properly to be released was Daytona. Everything else was just like, eh, we'll, we'll say it releases on this Friday, but it'll probably release on Sunday. It's like, 
fuck because Kanye was in a different space at that time. So there, there's been a whole lot of stuff happening with him. But yeah, I like the life of Pablo is kind of the introduction to the current Kanye. And it's also just really funny to, or not funny, but like important to mention that at this point, Kanye acknowledged that people didn't really like the direction that he was going uh, because of Yeezus, really. Because Yeezus was that album that was just like, okay, what the fuck is happening? So that's why he had the freestyle, I love Kanye. Like, He's talking. He's he's acknowledging like, yo, I know you guys love Kanye, and I would like to go back to that, but this is where I'm going now. Like, kind of um, along the same lines of, you like my old stu- old music? Go listen to that. Don't listen. Like, don't hate me for trying to evolve. It was just kind of funny that he was bringing that up because yeah, like a lot of people definitely didn't pr- didn't really like the new Kanye. People liked the old pink polo Kanye. But yeah, this this album definitely, I feel, held up. And it's an important album to listen to. It's not necessarily... Like, I, I, I don't think we can categorize it as a classic anytime soon. We'll have to wait and see what happens with Kanye's career going forward. Because with classic albums, yes, it's, it's mostly the music, but it's also a lot of the impact, like what was happening and what they did with their career going forward. At least to me, that's that's how I categorize classic albums, like what it did for them. Um, but yeah, it's too early to say. It's only been five years, so give it another five, ten years. We'll see where we'll see where it places itself. Now, yeah, it does hold up. Definitely worth a listen, like I said. And yeah, I, I think that about wraps up all my thoughts on it. Uh, let me know what you guys think of The Life of Pablo, where it ranks in terms of your Kanye album, like favorite Kanye albums. I know it's definitely not at the top, but it's not at the bottom. It's, I mean, probably lower bottom for me, or lower mid, but still. It was a really solid album and it's very important. Now, yeah, let me know what you thought of this album. Let me know where it ranks, how you feel about it. Five years later, how you felt about it when it released. Because the release strategy for it was wild. It was so different from what we were used to. But yeah. Also like and subscribe if you want to see more content and podcasts like this. Thank you for watching and please stay safe out there.